look now at our all-important radar defense screen. But your regenerated circuits are tuned asynchronously, and that causes concatenation in the intermediate amplifier. Initiating startup sequence. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Bishop O'Connell Roundtable podcast here at Bishop O'Connell High School. I'm Mr. Meehan with you here as always, and today I've put together a group of people who are terrified and laughing, um, which is a great way to start. Uh, when we're talking about Ethan Frome, which is a book that is either worth uh, laughing at um, or it's terrifying because it's really sad. Um, today I have an expert panel of students because who knows uh, the book better than students who read it this year for summer reading. And so we have a team of one, two, three, four, five plus me. So I'm going to go around the horn and introduce everybody. And before I butcher their last names, I'll let them introduce themselves. So to my immediate left, Vanessa is your first name. Mm-hmm. And a last name, go ahead. Uh, Vanessa Crancy is and I'm going to go ahead and call you Vanessa for the rest of the day. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how are you feeling? Um, an 8. An I'm 8. I'm tired. An 8 for tired. Uh-huh. But normally you're like, you're riding at a 9 or a 10. Yeah. That's good. I'll take it. Um, to your immediate left, uh, Sophie, you pointed out that I spelled your name wrong on the board here because yeah. you go by both Sophie and Sophia. Uh, it's spelled with an F. Okay. It's spelled like the Spanish way. It's a lot of people get it wrong. It's no problem. Okay. And your last name, of course, is... Uh, Cardenas. Very good. And um, how are you feeling today? So far, so good? Um, yeah, pretty good. On a, on a 1 to 10 scale? Pretty good day. Um, like an 8-7-ish. 8-7, seven. Seven, okay. 7 or 8. <laughs> that's what I meant. 7 or 8. No, that's good. All right. Um, to your immediate right, uh, Isabel, how are you? I'm good. Um, your last name, I will totally butcher it, so I'm going to let you do it. Amadiar. Yep, that's it. That's how it's said. Um, on a scale 1 to 10, you're feeling? I'm feeling good. I feel like I understand the book. So you would put yourself right now at like on a scale 1 to 10? Like a 7-8, too. Where would you put Maddie Silver? Put like, you on the spot. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. So yeah. she's having like an awful day. Yeah. Pretty Every good. day is an awful day. Every day is an awful yeah. day. <laughs> wow, that's such joyfulness. Um, great. Uh, to your right, um, Regine, hi. Yes, hi. Um, your last name is Bergeron? Yes. I'm doing the best I can. I, I can pronounce one of the names in the group. So <laughs> yeah. Um, Regine, do you have a favorite character or least favorite character in this book? Um, least favorite? I mean, my favorite and least favorite is Maddie. Like, she's really? good and bad. Okay, well, look, we'll talk about that yeah. tonight, I guess. Done. Um, you guys sort of set the topic, then we'll move from them. And then to my right, and I'm going to get this wrong because in the last group, I had Riley, I have, I have Riley and a Kylie in the same day. You are, can go ahead and introduce yeah, yourself right Riley here. Howard. Riley Howard. Um, and welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling today? Um, pretty good. On a scale of 1 to 10, you're putting yourself at a... Uh, Strong six. Strong six. <laughs> it wasn't just a six, it was a strong six. I will take it. Um, so let's talk about it here. Do we want to talk about one character to start? Somebody we just have to say, let's get this out in the open. Do we want to pick one of the three characters? Because they're they're all both flawed and like pitiable. Like we're, there are things about them we, we can feel for. Um, is there somebody we have really strong feelings about we want to just jump into the conversation about? I just don't like Ethan at yeah. all. Yeah, Ethan's yeah. my least favorite. Like, Am I? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, this is gonna be dangerous here because I'm I'm like outnumbered. Um, so so like, uh, is this a male thing? Because he's like. Uh, I don't that, mind. He's indecisive. I, he just mm-hmm. every like Zena is like you feel bad for her, but she's mean, and then Maddie like you feel bad for her, but like she's also a homewrecker, and Ethan's just there like. I don't know. So Regine has no love for Ethan Frome. No. Uh, Isabel, are you agreeing on that point? or? I mean, I don't love or hate him. I feel like <laughs> he's, he's kind of, yeah, he's just there. He's just there. Yeah. But you feel stronger about Zena and, and Maddie. I feel the most pity for Zena. 
It's two podcasts in a row. Vanessa, do you agree with this? Or um, no, I dislike Xena. She's kind of mean. I you dislike like, Xena? Yeah. Okay. When you're going through stuff, you should just like power through and can, be nice. Can you help a brother out? How do we feel about, how about Ethan? Like, do we feel uh, for no, Ethan? No, I still don't like <laughs> It's two in a row. Um, well, let me, let me ask this question. I mean, maybe it's, it's a broader topic. They, they say as a teacher, you should always know where the conversation is going to go. And I don't know where it's going to go. So maybe it's a bad teacher trick, but I'm going to try it anyways. Um, can we talk about feminism here for a second? Um, this is a book where we have two very strong female characters. Or at least well-written female characters, even if they're not particularly um, decisive. Um, written in 1911, uh, the book is written by a female author, and it's written by somebody who herself was in a sort of troubled relationship or a marriage that, that was kind of a dead end. Um, and that addresses a lot of this thematically throughout the text with a husband who's kind of not a great person, um, as the book goes, and two women who are either equally pitiable or equally awful. Um, is the author deliberately poking the fires of like feminism and like you know girl power or like uh, maybe the plight of women here in the early part of the, the 20th century, um, or is is that something we're maybe reading too far into it? I think it's like showing both the like places women were in back in the day. You either like were in a bad marriage just because you know marriage was the only way to have freedom in a sense, sure. I guess, or like you're just you're just not married and not really have anything to do with your life in a sense. So Regine's talking about how marriage is almost an avenue to freedom. It's the only way out of a, yeah. of a rocky situation. I'm seeing you nodding ahead there, Sophie. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think it's kind of talking about how, like, um, women are usually the ones who, like, get hurt a lot by, like... I what do you mean by that? Like, I, I think, I think your, your point is good. What do you mean? Um, kind of, like, in this situation, like... With like bad marriages, I feel like. Okay. Well, this kind of sounds like. It's it's, like, it's it's a charged tough yeah. issue, but like. But like I think it's mo like it's mainly because of like, men like in this situation like, in Ethan's how he cheated he was the one that basically cheated on Zena right. with Maddie and Zena was kind of hopeless like she couldn't change his feelings because he had already fallen in Matt fallen in love with Maddie. Right. And so women depend yeah. on men, and they come to depend on men based on societal or social conventions, things like that. And there's a lot of responsibility on both men and women. But when a man makes a decision, it really can affect not only his life, but those of, of the, the people he holds closest to him. I'm seeing nodded heads here. Uh, you're agreeing or disagreeing? Yeah, well, something like mentioned in the book, like Ethan was saying how like he didn't want to leave Zena because it would leave her in a bad position because she like, wouldn't have any money or property or right. like, all that kind of thing. Um, but he should have, like, ended it emotionally, basically. Yeah, that's a great point. So Ryan Lee makes a great point here about Ethan has this crisis of conscience at the end. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave my wife. I'm going to abandon her. Now I can't possibly do that because that would leave her all alone with no money. So his, his solution instead that he comes up with, magnanimous man that he is, kindly giving, is rather than try to run off on his wife and write a letter to her, he will kill himself. And that's better or worse? Worse. Much much worse. Yeah. Um, so so why do you think why do you think the author takes us to such a dark place? Um, what 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 might be one of the reasons why we, we kind of explore these avenues? Um, maybe just because like the emotional trauma of like ending a relationship can be like so stressful on like both people. Yeah. Even if they both want it. Do we think that this is there's a, more of a pressure on Zena, more of a pressure on Maddie, more of a pressure on Ethan um, throughout the novel? Like who who bears the brunt of that that, that pressure in this sort of awful love triangle. Is there, is there a person who you feel like, you know, the onus is on to kind of step it up, to do the right thing? It's why you're nodding ahead, but it's, um, it's a tough call. 
I feel like Ethan has most of the pressure on him because he's the one who actually did the action of like cheating on his wife. Right. So he knows that he's in the wrong and I feel like he knows that if anyone has to feel like the most guilty or if anyone has to end the relationship it should be him because he's the one who acted on it yeah. first. So and in his actions, he he causes like a chain of reactions uh, down the line. Let me ask that question because this book, uh, you have thoughts, Sophie. Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I was just thinking, like, to go with Isabel's point, like, how Ethan kind of has the most like burden on him because basically any choice that he makes, it's gonna hurt somebody. Because yeah. um, if he tells Zena that he's leaving her, it's gonna hurt her. And then if he tells Maddie he's gonna leave her and go back to Zena, that's gonna crush Maddie. So it's like either way. So he's kind of in a, in a, in a tough situation. Yeah. Right? He's like, it's inevitable that he's gonna hurt somebody. <laughs> but um, I feel like Carrie hurt Zena from like, on day one. Like she noticed that like he was shaving and like she knew, like kind of from, not yeah, from the beginning, but like he, she was kind of like hurt. So Regine's pointing out that Zena's no dummy. And she's yeah. kind of hip to the fact that he's had a wandering eye for some time. Yeah. Um, now, maybe she's not healthy enough to express it in a healthy way or to confront him on it. And there could be a power differential there that we're not, we're not talking about here. Um, but he was, he was not yeah. respecting her early in, in her relationship yeah. or their relationship. And, like, I think it's interesting how he's like, oh, like, I can't leave her and I need to write a letter and I don't want to hurt her, but, like, you're already... Like, they broke her favored like pickle dish, right. and that already broke her heart. And yeah, it wasn't like that, it was a it was series like, of mistakes before it got to the yeah. big mistake. Um, Vanessa, you were talking about though that the Zena has her own share of mistakes. Like she's not a likable person. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Um, well, I just think that her combined with like her attitude and her personality, like really hostile towards everyone. And towards the beginning of the book, it didn't sound like she really liked Ethan at all. Like no. even before they were married, like she was like, I was doing this as a favor to your parents when she was taking care of. Yeah, them. I don't know about you, but like a charity case marriage feels like yeah. awful, right? Like, hey, I'll, I'll date you because uh, why not? Nothing better to do. Like, I'll do a solid for your family. So you think that they came into the relationship over over the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. anyway? Um, does that justify his behavior? Um, no, but I think he should have like gone about it differently, or maybe at least like given her an option or given him an option to be with Maddie, but also like support her. Well, let me ask this question about support and love, and this is a hard question to ask, and I don't know if the audience of teenage students, maybe it's even what we understand yet, but like love, right? Ethan, Maddie, love, question mark? Like, does Ethan love Maddie? Does Maddie love Ethan? I think they're just bored and want something to do. Regine has no love for either of these characters. <laughs> um, you're saying it's a straight boredom thing and it's a relationship of conveniences. I think, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I've seen some nodding heads with the questions. I think so that Ethan's just kind of like in love with the idea of Maddie. Like somebody what do you mean by who's that? like young and like fresh, like not sick and old right. like Xena. Somebody who actually does like show affection for him. So, so the idea of something that's different, like yeah. that's, that's exciting for him. Um, which is like the exact opposite of marital vows, where she takes somebody in sickness and then help. He's like, yeah. oh, forget <laughs> sickness, whatever. Um, yeah, Riley, your, your thoughts, do we agree with that? Or? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, 
I just like I think he mainly just wants to get out of the marriage more than anything. So even if it is like Maddie or anyone else that would have been there, he would have just like taken the opportunity to get away from Zena. And that is one way out of a marriage. Like it's an awful way to go, but it is. Um, but let me ask that question on the flip side because we can all slam on Ethan, and he deserves it uh, for a lot of things here. Um, but let's let's ask the tough question of, of Maddie too. Does Maddie love Ethan? Um, like Maddie Silver and all that she has or doesn't have available to her. Um, is Ethan from someone that she genuinely is in love with, or is it something that she's she's in, a, in the wrong in some ways here too? Vanessa, you're shaking your head on this. Um, I think she's just in love with the idea of someone like caring about her, and she's been neglected of that feeling because her parents passed away and her relatives were kind of like hostile towards her, so right. she found Ethan and she was like, okay, this guy really likes me, so I'm just going to go for it. So we have empathy for her because she's 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 fallen in love for the wrong reasons. She doesn't have any like positive role models to be like, wait a minute, that's creepy and wrong. Regine, you're not I think she's like dependent like dependent on Ethan and she's just kinda of lost without him and she's kinda of afraid of being sent away because she doesn't know what she would do without him. Not so she's she, desperate. Yeah. Um, well let's talk about that desperation because it sort of leads to this dramatic conclusion as they're Spoiler, um, going down the sleigh ride to the end. Can somebody want to just summarize real quick what, what happens with this sleigh ride scene? Kind of like catch up to speed. Maybe Isabel, help us well, out. Well, um, they're on the sleigh and they're, Ethan's heading for the tree. Mm -hmm. But then he kind of like has a flashback and I guess thinks of Xena and like how him dying and Maddie dying would affect her. Right. So he turns it, but they hit it still, but... But he, not like dead on. Yeah. Right? So the plan was to slide the sled down the hill, smack the tree, and like Romeo and Juliet, like the yeah. end. Um, then somewhere in that, like he has this flashback or this moment where he just feels icky, um, and for whatever reason, it, it changes the outcome. So as a result, he ends up uh, permanently maimed for life. Like he has he has disabilities for the rest of his life. And um, there's text evidence to suggest that Maddie ends up like in a in a, in a partially vegetative state. Like she's quadriplegic, they have to move her around. Um, not a happy ending. Um, do you think this could have been avoided? And if so, where was like the emergency, like pull the ripcord to get out of this problem before it came too late? Was that elm tree always going to be there, and was that decision always going to end up that way, um, like that that disaster? Um, or was there a moment where the characters could have, there was another avenue that presented itself that could have avoided that horrible smash up, that crack up at the end of the book? Um, oh, tough question, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a lot, right? Um, because yeah, like, like the big secret about literature is we happen to study books, but we're not talking about books, we're talking about life. Like, are there moments in life that help us avoid these inevitable outcomes? And if so, where and how? What are the things that we could have done, or what maybe the characters could have done, we can learn from them and say, hey, this was where you kind of started veering off the path, or something went wrong there, and it was your chance before it got too late. Um, well, I think honesty would have been just the easiest way out. Yeah. Um, like, in the beginning, like, if... Like, Zena and Ethan's marriage just, like, wasn't a good one or didn't make either of them happy. They should have just, like, been straight up about it, and he should have just told her that he wanted to leave or wanted to be with Maddie or anything else. So before they get into uh, even, like, a, a, a relationship that's, that's a long-term one, like, know what you're getting into as a relationship. I'm seeing some nodded heads throughout, but Isabel, you're, you're totally on board for well, this. Well, um, I agree with what Riley said because... I do think that if they both knew that the marriage was just not working for them, they should have ended it earlier. But also, Ethan, if he knew that the marriage, like what she said about honesty, if he knew that he didn't love her anymore and he loved Maddie, he should have 
like Riley said again, told her yeah. that the marriage should end and then pursue his relationship with Maddie. He shouldn't have, like, stopped the relationship with Zena completely and then gone with Maddie and then came back. Let me push the, the bigger issue, which I think you're, you're hitting on the head. Like, you keep saying, like, end the marriage, end the marriage. And I think you're totally right. This marriage clearly was not a good one. Um, but in 1911, there's no way to end a marriage. And if you look at this from a, like, from a Catholic standpoint, like, the belief in divorce is, is a very different thing in 1911 than it is in 2016. And there are certain things that just aren't, aren't available socially um, in, the, in 1911 that, that could be available now. Um, is there text evidence to suggest that Ethan maybe um, shouldn't have gotten into the marriage in the first place? Um, because it's one thing to say, well, just walk away from a marriage. Look, if you sign, if you sign a paper, if you commit a vow, like, that, that should mean something. So Ethan should have known what he got into. Is there text evidence to suggest that he was not even into it to begin with? I think you were talking about that, that one earlier, weren't you? Um, yeah, well... I guess it was just like out of guilt and also he didn't have that much money to pay Zena for the service that she did. Which is an awful way to like get into a relationship. Like, hey, um, so I owe you a favor. You want to get married and stuff? Like, <laughs> guys, if, 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 if a guy ever says that to you, just, just like punch him in the head or something. Like, that's a really bad marriage proposal. Um, in the end, whose fault is it that Zena married Ethan or Ethan married Zena? It's both of their faults. Yeah. And so you don't have sympathy for one of them trying to break it because it was their fault in the first place. I mean, I think that if if Ethan was the one who said, um, I'm going to get married to you because I owe you, he didn't have to say that. He could have said, I can, I'm going to work until right. I can owe you. He he kind of just gave up and said, I'll marry you just so. That's a great point. And we do see him working for other people in town because he owes them favors. Like, he's willing to work off his debts. There are yeah. other ways to, to repay stuff. Rajin, you have no love for, for this this guy. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think it's interesting how they're both, like, oh, we both don't like our marriage, but yet they're still afraid of ending it, and they're still, like, Zena's still mad at him for going with Maddie, even though they both kind of don't like each other. And so they kind of spite-date each other. Like, they yeah. keep each other in a relationship forever just to keep them each other as prisoners. Yeah. Guys, that, that sounds really, really healthy. Um, so let's do this. If you had one word to summarize this book, and only just one word, like, hey, the one thing I get when I take away from Ethan from, I feel blank about this book. It could be an emotional feeling you had, or it could be, like, an emotional reaction you had. Or if you told somebody about the book, like, hey, first thing I would think that comes to my mind when I think about Ethan from is, and we'll wrap up with this. We'll just kind of go around the horn. Um, anybody want to give it a shot? Uh, Isabel. Um, it kind of makes me feel gross. Gross! Yeah, I, I, I like that. I, mean, I don't like feeling gross, but I like that description. I will gladly take it. Uh, Sophie, I thought? Um, just kind of very uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. The whole situation. All right. <laughs> well, now my skin is crawling. Excellent. Uh, Vanessa, you're not your head on that point. Freaked out. Freaked out, which is two words, but I'll put a hyphen between them. Freaked. Totally freaked. Uh, freaked. Uh, excellent. Regine? Uh, empty. Empty. Guys, these are all happy existential <laughs> crises at the end of the day. Um, it feels like I, I need like I need like a warm like I don't know something. <laughs> wash yourself. Right, I need to like wash. <laughs> like I need a shower. I need to like yeah. feel better. Uh, last one, take us home. Uh, maybe just confused. Like, so just Riley's confused, <laughs> and Rogine feels empty, and everyone else feels gross and icky and broken and weird. And I think that's a great place to end today's podcast. Um, <laughs> ladies, thank you for your conversation today. Um, viewers, thank you for tuning in. Um, next week, we'll be back with another episode. If you have a new idea for a new podcast, tweet at me. I'm at MeHandDJO. Thanks again. Guys, round of applause. You kick some butt today. And we'll see you next week. Thanks.